girl Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just, Just Goony Things. That was a good one, Lil. Uh, hey, guys. Yay. Welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, and we're your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. And hey. this is the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode 19. Now we're going Yay. into two decades worth, almost. Tomorrow will be the big 20. Um, yes. So before we get started, let's um, let's talk about the giveaway that we Our are hosting. Our giveaway. Yes. So um, this has been asked about, and uh, James Allen Ross, the author of The Haunting of Dylan Claypool, was awesome enough to reach out to us again and do a second giveaway of two of his books. So after this uh, episode is put out onto all the uh, podcast streaming channels we're gonna post the picture of him and us um holding the books and i'm just gonna read the caption that he is gonna post and that we're gonna post on our on our uh instagram post it says ghostly giveaway i'm once again teaming up with everyone's favorite hashtag jersey girls rebecca and lily hey. of just ghouly things podcast to give away two sets of dylan books here's how to enter you follow both just Ghouly Things podcast and at James Allen Ross. You tag two friends on both of our posts. So he's going to post and we're going to post. Um, you then like both of our posts. Um, and on Friday, April 10th, a winner will be randomly picked um, on each of our posts. So we'll pick a winner. And then on James's page, you'll pick a winner as well. So um, the more you tag on both pages, the higher chance you have of winning a set of books. Um, and they're going to be autographed as well. And I'm going to actually ask James if he can maybe send us a couple copies or if anything, I think we should throw in a couple stickers. What do you think? Yes. We'll throw in a couple stickers as well. Um, and then if we have a couple of autographed pictures uh, of like our posters, maybe we can submit that too. I don't yeah. know if we have any more signed, but I'll check because I know we signed a couple extra just in case we weren't able to see each other. So I'll check if we have yeah. enough. Um, but yeah, so um, we have that giveaway going on. Um, I'm on. OK, so I'm on the second book. I am on chapter 10 of the second book and I absolutely love the first one I'm not big into reading fiction like I used to but um when mm -hmm. I do it's horror paranormal and that's exactly the genre that he's hitting with his books and it's really well written it makes you feel like you're actually there with the characters like that's it, awesome yeah like it literally makes you feel like you know Dylan you know Mitch which is the boyfriend um like you just like you just get to know them on a personal level and then you but even though you learn you learn them at a personal level you're still learning more about them so um mm -hmm. it's a really good book and we need books during this time in quarantine um since there's not a lot else to do besides listen to our podcast it's good just to <laughs> you know disconnect from electronics and just read a book so and i was just asking you if you've been reading any books so this would be a good time to start reading up on that book yes yeah absolutely but um what was I gonna say oh so um yeah I've been in I don't know if you noticed but I've been recording in the same shirt for two days now maybe going <laughs> on three it's absolutely disgusting and I just like happened to go like this with my armpit just like wipe my face and I like took a second I was like oh my god Mike has been smelling me and hasn't said going. anything so that either means that like he smells even more like shit than I do or like he's just being super nice and like just like oh she's going through <laughs> quarantine I'm not gonna bother her I'm not gonna tell her to take yeah. a deep cleanse bath so um oh I'm definitely gonna take a nice sh hot shower when I get done and I'm gonna use do you remember when we went to um the uh pair unity expo and we got those little like yes. soaps or like, it was like one of those like bath things and it was the shape of a ghost i mm -hmm. found it in my closet when i was cleaning it out so i'm gonna use that you gotta use it yeah so um without further ado let's get right into those stories what do you think let's do it you want to start sure cool all right let me go to my notes okay 
my first one is the, is the visit the visit oh my god i can't even talk <laughs> the vision at a historic museum that i can't get out of my head oh interesting it's been almost 10 years since this happened and this is the first time i'm telling the story out loud out loud i volunteered as a docent is that a word docent how do you spell it? i'm gonna i'm gonna go with docent okay. at a museum in my tiny tiny town the museum consisted of an old settler's house, a barn, and a small outbuilding. It was not very formal as museums go. In fact, the house served also as the offices for the local historical society it represented. I had visited the museum many times, which is how I became friendly with the curator and subsequently became a guide. On my first official day, I was introduced to everyone at a meeting in the kitchen, after which I was invited to wander around the place. This was not a big house maybe 2,500 square feet or so. There was a very large kitchen, kitchen, a living room, dining room, and a, and a hall of four bedrooms. On the tours... Uh, sorry, I'm getting notifications. So many notifications. Stop oh being my God, popular, so popular for five seconds, Lily. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we got a I'm podcast sorry. to run. I posted something on my Instagram story and everyone's chatting me about it. And I don't <laughs> understand why everyone wants to be my friend when I'm busy and then I have nothing to do and no one wants to talk to me. Relatable. Okay. Um, there was a very large kitchen, a living room, dining room, and a hall of four bedrooms. On the tours, when you enter the hall, there are two rooms to the right that were kept in their period decor and two rooms to the left, which I had never seen. Both doors to the rooms on the left were open, so I stepped past the first room and looked in. There were a couple of desks pushed together and a lot of filing cabinets. I knew, of course, that this was an office. I peeked into the last room on the left, and it was like the other period rooms. There was a rather ornate bed with a lace canopy and a mirror on the far wall. As I was looking into the space, I realized that there was another docent dressed for her role as tour guide. She was standing at a dressing table fiddling with the clasp on a necklace. I felt embarrassed on my intrusion and stepped back, happy that she hadn't seen me. My first job was to catalog historical photographs of the house in the town. I had a lot to learn about the history of the family so I wouldn't be giving tours right away. I camped myself at one of the desks in the office and went to work. I enjoyed the project and found the old pictures fascinating. A couple of hours in, the curator stopped by and told me that once I had completed the file box I was working on, that I could retrieve the next numbered box from the room door. From the room next door. <laughs> Not the room door. From the room next door. I asked her to be more specific, having not seen any boxes in that room. She said, it's pretty obvious. They're the same color box, and you'll see them on the second shelf. And I, prom I prompted her for more clarity, asking, in the closet, you mean? She looked at me and a little confused and said, here, I'll show you. We walked into the next room, and I was a bit startled. There was no bed, no mirror on the wall, <sighs> no, no lace canopy. Yeah. There was no dressing table where I saw the woman fiddling with the clasp. It was a storage room. There were shelves lining the walls and two rows of racks in the middle. I felt insane. As soon as I was alone again, I went back to the hall to find the room I saw earlier. I knew I must have been mistaken. But there were only four rooms. There was no other room. The doorway I looked into was the room I saw. The image of the space is, is vivid in my mind until this moment. I was concerned about my mental health at first, and so I kept the vision to myself and left it that way. Honestly, I don't even blame her. For real. Like, what, I mean, this kind of reminds me of the story we were talking about a couple of days ago where it was um, it was with the restaurant that used to be an old schoolhouse. And she swore that it was yeah. another stall, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like a glitch okay. in the Matrix. It is. That's what, I, that's what I'm thinking this is. So, uh, oh, man, I lost my place. I'm a mess today, guys. We're all in time. Um, it's been almost 10 years since this happened, and 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 this is the first time I'm telling the story. Oh, fuck. I went back to the top. <laughs> you guys. Rebecca, I'm such a mess. This is a great way to start off the first story. I am applauding you right now, Lil. All right. Of course, I did ask about the two administration rooms, and of course, they had had been bedrooms. I asked specifically about the storage room and was told that when the daughter married... Her widowed mother moved into that room so the couple could have the larger one at the end of the hall. Weeks later, I was still scanning and annotating photographs when I came upon a picture of the 
bed I saw. The picture was taken in the larger room, but I knew it was the same bed. In the same image, I saw the mirror too. Neither the bed nor the mirror existed anywhere on the property. It was the only photograph of any bedroom that I ever found, but it convinced me that I that what I saw was real. The vision at a hu- historic museum that I can't get out of my head. Wow. That's definitely a glitch or something. I That freaks me out because it makes you feel like you're literally insane. But yeah. there's so much confirmation that what she saw actually had occurred. Maybe in yeah. a different period of time, but... You know, I think it was real. I think it was either a glitch in the matrix or someone said something about like a time hiccup, something like that. That makes sense, too. Definitely. I feel like that all kind of like that, that kind of like theory bounces off each other because it definitely like it, it makes it allows us to believe that there isn't just like one spectrum of life, which is just ours in which we reside. Like there's so many different dimensions and like periods of time if that makes sense exactly all right so that's 100 what i think all right what's your story pick a number one to five we're doing this uh five okay oh i'm right on it all right a screaming entity is this even the right place to post they post this on edit read edit reddit um this <laughs> is where i posted last time i encountered some shit well last major time anyway so i want to recap recent events fucking hell i just moved house and it's in the middle of the quarantine me and my housemate were going a little stir crazy so we decided to at least take off into the mountains to settle ourselves these mountains i had been up them before things had transpired nothing too spooky beyond a child's voice saying pew pew repeatedly as it jumped around the trees oh no big fucking deal this time though this fucking time We're out there, staring at the stars because it's so gorgeous at the top of the mountain. In the brushland on the sides of the road, we hear something scrambling towards us, stopping at the guards so cars won't go off-road, only to scuttle back into the brushland and try again seconds later. The hell? We were confused to say the least, but neither of us are too bothered by paranormal activity of any kind. We stayed up there, ignoring the thing scurrying around. After a few minutes, other screams from deep in the mountain three times come rapidly closer, but the screams were the same length, pitch, voice each time. Quickly, I tell the housemate to get into the car and get us out of there, because this is not shit you fuck with if it's coming for us. We got back home to the city, relaxed, not followed as far as we knew. We drove around for a few more hours, learning our new city. Eventually, we came back home properly, both of us getting ready to sleep almost instantly. I put on a show to kill time watching some episodes as I got my dog to settle and go to bed. And at the end of an episode, around 1.54 a.m., there was a tapping at my front door near my bedroom. I ignored it. Who the fuck would knock this early anyway? Then the screaming happened. Yeah, it wasn't loud. It was like when someone jokingly screams, but it's still a thing you can hear clearly. I froze. My dog, Hyena, started towards the door and wouldn't let me pass her to leave my bedroom. She's good like that. Good dog. I ignored it again, then listening as the thing would move and scream, going up and down the road before coming back to the door to scream again. Same three screams as up on the mountain. I asked my housemate this morning if she heard it, and she then went pale, thinking that she was hallucinating last night. But yes, oh, she did in fact hear it. Eventually, the screaming stopped, but the tapping didn't. And despite my temptation to go out and look at the damn thing, I knew better than to view an entity that is aggressive. So I just went out, eyes shut just in case, and double-checked the locks before turning and blindly stumbling my way deeper into the house, hyena by my side to make sure I was safe. And then it came back screaming at the back of the house, tapping on the windows when I finally felt safe to open my eyes. Oh my God. Literally harassing them. Now I need to follow up with that by saying that my house is off the ground by a whole level. No stairs at the window where I heard the next, where the screaming next and nothing to stand on it to get it up to that window. I just watched it though, hovering at the window. Luckily it's stained glass. So I couldn't actually see what the damn thing looked like. And hyena would get between me and the window if I tried to get closer, but it was just there screaming at me. It was two forty something by then. And I was texting people telling them how fucking weird all of this was the entire time. I it left after three, but Holy shit. 
was I not happy to encounter it. I'm a fucking paranormal magnet for this shit. I should be used to it by now. I just wanted to share the experience in case anyone else has experienced something similar. Then update. It's now 3 a.m. the next morning after the initial screaming, and the thing is back on my street screaming up a storm. I managed to get a few minutes of footage of its screams while I went around the house and made sure everything was good and Hyena was safely inside. Hopefully it leaves now and that I've recorded it. That usually is what happens. But I looked, and from the comments, like the thread, mm-hmm. I don't see any of, like, the... Uh, I don't, oh, I think she actually linked it here. Oh, she linked it in, like, a sub thing. Let's see if we can hear it. Let's say. Uh, 10 years later. Okay. So it's loading. I'm recording in the basement, so the Wi-Fi isn't that good. But I'm thinking (laughs) the fact that these screams were occurring... That's After they left too? Horrifying. They're braver than me, though. I would have called the police. Okay, so this is her recording. I can't hear it. You can't hear it? Oh, God. I can hear it now. Uh-huh. somewhere I gotta go bring the dog in crap there it goes again that's scary yeah it's up the road so weird so yeah I'm just gonna end it there um, and what's crazy is she okay. listed this as unlisted. So, like, it's public, but only if you get this the link to it. So it's not like she's trying to, like, make this public and, you know, make this go viral or anything. It only has 30 yeah. views. This was posted March 29th of this year. So um, it's just really weird. Um, wow. And, like, she kind of tries to debunk it in her, in her caption on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, of this being a curlew, which I don't know what that is, but she says that she's heard those before and they're not new to me. I'm similar with their screams, and though the initial scream is the same, I've never, ever heard a curlew keep the same scream again and again. Um, and then she was, you know, making a point that it only happens between 1.30 a.m. and 3 a.m., um, so that's kind and of And the odd. tapping on the door. Yeah, and the tapping, too, you, that makes no sense. Um, and the fact that the dog hyena gets very defensive, and typically he wouldn't, she, he or she wouldn't get defensive over that. Um, so, just very weird all around. Very weird experience. Wow. So I hope I hope that recording picked up on the uh, on the audio, but we'll we'll go back and see. I'm just curious, but yeah, I just wanted you to hear it, especially because weird. Yeah, I heard it. All right, so that concludes my story titled A Screaming Entity. Okay. My next story is called Encounter Slash Dream. All right. So I've been browsing this page online anonymously for a while now, but I felt it was time to share my most recent experience. It started when I was about 10 to 11 years old. I began to see shadow figures walking around my house or standing in my bedroom doorway. I always kept it to myself, thinking that I was just psyching myself out until it got weirder. I would lose toys or random things for months and eventually forget about them, and they would just randomly appear out of nowhere again in certain places uh, where I would have certainly found them before, like on my bed or dresser. As the years went on, the entity got more aggressive. My family would wake up, uh, would wake up to the front door being wide open, but the locks were somehow still locked. Our gas burner would mysteriously turn on while no one was home, setting off the carbon monoxide detector. We got our house blessed, and a lot of the activity stopped for a very long time. 
I've recently moved out on my own in a small apartment with my boyfriend. Since we have moved in, the same activity I experienced before is happening again. Footsteps, knocking on walls, doors opening, closing, etc. I usually can shake these things off and ignore them because they have happened almost all my life. But I cannot seem to shake this very vivid dream. I do not know how to describe it. I had about a week ago. I had it about a week ago. In my dream, I woke up lying, and the word dream is in quotes. In my dream, I woke up laying in bed when I started to hear noises. I got up to investigate, but didn't find anything in the kitchen or dining room and living room area. I, I came back to lay down when my closet door opens, and there is a six and a half to seven foot tall black cloudy mass with bright red eyes staring back at me. I froze in shock. And before I knew what was happening, I was awake. My boyfriend sleeps next to me and had almost an identical dream just a, sh a short few minutes later. After the dreams we had, the activity is getting a lot worse. I feel so lost and I don't know how. And I have no clue what to do. And that's hmm. it. That's an interesting, that's an interesting experience too. And I love how they, they mention it as like dream, quote unquote. Like, mm, I don't know if this is just a yeah. typical dream. Um what do you, what is your take on it personally? Um, I think this person has something, you know, some kind of a gift because yeah. this has been happening for a while now, and and they've relocated and now they're in a different place and paranormal things are still, still happening. happening. So, do you think it's like a certain message that's trying to get across but they can't figure it out, or I, I'm wondering. I read the comments and there was no, there wasn't any like elaboration or anything, but. Uh, you know, I might check back in on it later and see. Okay, cool. Because this was posted, all of these were posted, like, within a day ago. Oh, awesome. I love recent stories because it gives it, yeah. you know, current events of going, like, things going on. And I feel like it's even scarier now if people experience paranormal activity during the quarantine because I feel like you're, like, cooped up and you're stuck in one little area and there's not really much else you can go. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, like, that vulnerability is, like, even scarier. Yeah. So, and paranormal activity never stops, even during the quarantine. They're an essential <laughs> business. They're an essential business. Okay. Um, one to four. Uh, two. All right. This is called The Bent Man. October 15th, 1980. It all happened with my brother and I. There was this abandoned church in our town, and we were somewhat young, him 10, I'm 12. It was pretty boring in the 1980s, and the only fun we had was with our old Game Boy. We knew about this church and wanted to explore. We've seen it when we were walking with our mom and dad. We were just waiting for the right moment to do it. One day, my mom and dad were making supper, and as I said to my brother, we'll call him Jack, this is the right moment. When we finally got there, it was crippled. No land around it. We walked in, and first sense that comes to us is the smell. Oh my fucking God. It smelled like piled dead bodies, but there was nothing. And this was at night, so we were terrified. And all of a sudden, this man was standing in the corner. He looked bent, as if someone bent him like a metal spoon. He was, get this, he was crying as well. We thought he was real and approached him, which I guess he didn't like because he turned around and we see this deadly demonic face. He was wearing, like, old, old 1700s clothing. He started walking towards us, and then that walk turned into a sprint. <gasps> ah! he, managed, no. he managed to grab my brother, which I wasn't going to fucking let happen. I went back, and the man was trying to dig at him with his sharpened claws. There was a piece of wood, and I managed to scope the man in the face directly. Oh, I grabbed Jack, and we took off. Till this day, I still see him in my house. Can someone help? I think he followed me, and it's been like 20 years later. I can't get rid of him. He's everywhere. All I can smell is in my house is rotten dead bodies. I will never forget that smell. Oh, my God. You encountered a demon, child. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking of is the crooked man from the Conjuring movies? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing. Spot on. And, I mean, I could just imagine, like, this, like, bent creature, and it's, like, slowly coming towards you, and then out of nowhere it gets <sighs> this newfound energy, and, like, sprints, like, ah. oh. 
But as a 10 and 12 year old, to know that to hit him with a board after he like tries to grab your brother, so smart and so brave. I couldn't, I don't think, yeah. I would love to say that I would know what to do in that moment, but I don't know if I could. I don't yeah. know if I'd have that energy. I would freeze. Yeah. I would 100% freeze. Crazy. All right, Lil, what's your next story? All right. Encounter slash, oh, fuck, I just read that one. Let me <laughs> go back. Okay, small humanoid in my apartment. So I'm retelling a story I bring up to friends and family on those spooky occasions, and I honestly don't know if I even believe what I saw. And honestly, I don't even see these stories pop up on these forums much. I'm pretty sure I saw a house goblin, kind of like the one in Harry Potter, but years before that even existed. So I grew up in Brooklyn, and I was home alone from three to five. I'd come home from school and try to watch movies or play games, just hang in general. We had a modest apartment, and as, and as you walked in, you'd be in a living room and a dining area with a kitchen on the left and on the right a hallway that led to three bedrooms and a small bathroom. At the end of the hallway was my parents' bedroom. I remember it clearly. I remember clearly that it was the end of the school year, maybe like mid-June. I walked home and went into the apartment and grabbed a snack. The living room was set up where our TV was set on the wall with the entrance to the hallway so you couldn't see down it. They essentially existed in the same side of the room on opposite corners. So here I am looking at two DVDs my dad rented from Blockbuster. Ah, throwback. I open up the DVD to load up the Green Mile. It's beautiful outside, as sunny as can be. And all of a sudden, out from the hallway, a little man, no bigger than a foot tall and then a foot and a half tall, runs out and freezes. And we look at each other. I can't remember its facial features so well, but it's got dark tan skin and ragged hair. And it sees me and bolts back down the hallway. My heart sunk when I saw it, and honestly, as big as a chicken as big as a chicken as I was, I ran after as big of a chicken as I was, I ran after it. Oh wow. <laughs> but there was nowhere for it to go honestly and I still didn't didn't catch up to it it was a small apartment and it was just gone I looked for a bit and felt extremely unsettled so I skipped the movie and went out I never saw the thing again has anyone ever seen something like it are these stories even co- common in cities that's it I can personally say I've never experienced that and that's weird but I find it interesting yeah. too. Did he say, he didn't say what city? Uh, he said Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Okay. Um, I just find that so weird because like I do feel like a lot of times you experience paranormal activity in either suburban or mostly rural areas where there's not a lot going on. But for it to be in an urban setting, that's very interesting for that to happen. What do you think? I honestly think that he saw some humanoid. I think that this guy is spot on. Interesting. I'm picturing Dobby, though. I am. <laughs> Dobby is a free boy. Free Dobby needs a sock. Master has given Dobby a sock. <laughs> the robot. Oh, I swear, Loki sometimes does this thing with his ears that he looks like Dobby, and like I can't unsee it. I so. know exactly what you're talking about. I see it when he kind of, and he'll kind of tilt his head sometimes. Yeah. My little man. <laughs> I fucking love him. Okay. Um, one, two, or three? One. All right. This is titled, What Did I See in My Backyard That Night When I Was Little? So the story starts, So this happened when I was nine or ten, but I can still remember it clearly as if it only happened yesterday. One night, I don't remember what I was doing, but apparently I thought my mother had gone out somewhere without telling me. I was a bit of a clingy boy and always followed her around, so I started calling out to her, but no answer. The house was quiet. My father hadn't returned from work. I walked out to the front door to find the porch empty, and my mother was nowhere to be seen. Then I went to the back door. There was this overgrown, empty land beyond the backyard. I called again, but then I saw, standing under the trees across the yard, were two silhouettes of a man and a woman that looked eerily like my parents. This does sound like the one we did, right? Yeah. This sounds so... I'm going to continue to read it, because I don't, I don't think this is the same one, though. Um, 
That's so weird. Okay. It was dark, so I could not make out any facial features whatsoever, but they were the exact copy of my parents. I was about to run to join them, but I hesitated because I was afraid of the dark. So I called out to them instead to come to me. They did not answer, but the woman started waving and gesturing me eagerly to come to them. The man was not doing anything. He was just standing like a statue, quietly watching me. Holy fucking shit. Like some, I guess Mike dropped something upstairs and let's get the shit out of me. Oh my god, I heard that. That scared me. <gasps> oh my god. Fuck you. Okay. I was <laughs> Um, oh yeah. I, I remember feeling like there was something off about them. They looked like my parents, despite the faceless feature, but at the same time, they kind of gave me this not-so-right vibe, and it scared me. That's why I did not go to them. I stood at the back door, staring at them for a few seconds before I heard my actual mother's voice calling me from behind. She had been in the attic with my brother. I was really confused. I thought I had just seen her across the yard. When I told her what I had seen, she brushed it off to me just seeing the neighbors who lived beyond the land. We eventually moved out of the house when my dad found another job, but whenever I think of that night, it still gives me chills because I have no idea who or what they were and what they wanted from me. What would they have done if I had gone to join them in the dark? I told my friend about this, and he was sure that those things were not my parents but some evil entities. He told me that children in general are far more sensitive and can perceive the presence of supernatural beings. If they were some kind of supernatural entity, what were they? Shadow people, shapeshifters, doppelgangers, or something far more sinister? This one sounds so familiar. Right? The reason why I decided to post this today was because I just had a phone conversation with my mom and we were reminiscing about our old house back in the countryside. Has anyone ever experienced something similar? Well, yes, someone has. It was a story that we read one of the (laughs) other times, but there's a couple of stories. Like There was one where it was based off of a Caribbean folklore. Mm-hmm. and they knew not to go to it because they knew that sometimes these things took the shape of ones that they were familiar with so that they could mm-hmm. be lured in. But I feel like we read something similar to this, but the the mom was somewhere else, not in the attic with the brother. Okay. So this is definitely a different story, but this sounds eerily similar to something else that we had read. But the fact that there's two, the par- like the fact that they both look like the parents... And the mom was trying yeah, to, like, and it was, and, and it was in the yard, and the yes. tunnel was similar, too. Yes. So, really weird. So, that just proves that, you know, you're not crazy when you have things that you think are crazy experiences. People around the world have had something similar happen to them as well. You just may not know it. So. Yeah. Just not alone. Mm-hmm. Never alone. All right, Lil, what's your next story? All right. My next story is Security Guard Paranormal Experience. What is it called? Security Guard Paranormal Experience. Oh, okay. Okay. So let me start out with saying I'm not a huge believer in the paranormal as I've as I've never really had an experience until this. I worked the night shift, 2300 to 0700, at a big industrial factory and often had to do one to two property checks a night, which included going into the property buildings and hitting security checkpoints. In this one particular building, most not if all of the workers, most not if, if all of the workers that are there throughout the day have said this building is haunted or just gives them the creeps as they have had experiences. When I go into this building, it's just me with no lights besides a flashlight. Half of this building is abandoned, I might add, as it is an older storage building that has been there since the 1950s. Anyways, I was with, I was with my coworker doing routine property checks at about 1 a.m. When we were towards the back of the building, we noticed a propane sulfur type of smell coming from a particular area. Hmm. So we... So as we were investigating the smell, the cardboard box that I was just right next to kind of flew off the shelf I was looking at. When I say flew, though, I mean that it looked as if it were pushed off my, it was pushed off a chest level shelf. Mind you, there was no draft, no wind or AC or heat on as they close all the doors and there are no windows. Oh, God, this is a terrifying building, even if it's not fucking haunted. No doors or windows. Are you fucking (laughs) kidding me? You're literally in a box. (laughs) so we thought it was a bit strange and just shrugged it off we were joking about it of course and said i was going and said i was going to antagonize whatever is there so as we were walking away from the area that this happened i was basically talking shit jokingly now this is when stuff started to pick up 
As we were at the halfway point of the factory building, me and him heard a thud noise followed with a metal hitting concrete floor sound. I shined my flashlight around and I didn't notice anything until I shined it up. About 12 feet up, there, about 12 feet up, these plastic laminated signs that divided the storage units, i.e. A through D, E through H, etc. And this one was moving back and forth like it had just been hit with something. Well, none of the other signs, which were only about six feet apart, weren't even swaying in the slightest. I check around the area and find that an industrial metal bolt was right in the path that we have both just walked there, but it wasn't there before, hmm. which we would have honest, we, which we would have definitely noticed. At this point, the hair on the back of my neck was standing up, and I had, and I just had this overwhelming urge to get out of there as fast as possible. We never really talked about it after that because we both agreed nobody would believe us, but it was extremely creepy. I've had other things happen in the building, like footsteps when nobody's there, sounds of someone opening and closing doors and all, but I always just shrugged it off. Sorry for the long post, but hopefully you guys can think of an explanation. Hmm. Yeah. That's weird. Oh, oh, and then it says, also, it said, uh, also, I do have a picture of what looks to be someone... um, with a cane walking in the dark hallway, I can post <gasps> that if anyone would be interested. And everyone was saying, yes, post the picture, but nobody, but they never posted it. Jerk. I know. Let me go check. Maybe they posted it by now. Let's see. All right, read your next story while I find it. Okay, one or two? Uh, let's do two. Okay. This is titled, A Backpacking Trip in Corvallis Near the Hospital. So, this happened a while ago, maybe a year ago. Me and my buddy hiked up to the dead end near the hospital that leads to the woods. There was a trail that led straight to a massive field and gravel trail leading up to some houses and camp spot. The field is really, really big, and in the middle of the field is like an island of trees. It's pretty small. Me and my buddy were set up at our camp spot, a little baked, laughing, having a good time. (laughs) We decided to go walk in the field before it became too dark to see the path back to our campsite. We walked into the field and around that uh, that little tree island. The outline of the woods was almost pitch black. We were headed closer to the woods to try and find our trail, and suddenly something caught both of our eyes at the same time. It looked like a light right there in our pathway. It was just standing there. Both me and my buddy were paralyzed in pure horror for whatever reason. I was terrified. I think we both were. We stood there for a second, and my buddy said quietly, It's a demon. And we turned around and ran as fast as we could. We saw it at the exact moment, and for whatever reason, we were scared shitless, Didn't move a muscle. I don't know how long we stood there, really. Not more than a minute. I felt my heart sink to the bottom of my stomach. Me and him still talk about how weird it was that it drew our attention at the same time and how we were so scared. And now that I think about it, I'm not even sure we saw a light. I think I just remember seeing one. But I know we both saw something standing in our pathway. After running back to the tree island, it's almost like we 100% forgot about what we just saw because we were relaxed walking back to the campsite, got there, and continued smoking by the fire, and we felt completely (laughs) safe. The only time we remembered it was the morning after. Oh, wow. So, I mean, this this easily could be a situation of a very trippy experience with the Mary Jane, if you know what I mean. Place with something maybe i mean if i'm gonna be a little logic i could definitely say you know they were under the influence of something things could you know look certain ways when you're you know in that state of mind but i mean the fact that they both saw the same thing at the same time and were both had the same emotions towards it i don't know i just think that's a little weird you know yeah but uh yeah so that's my story all right lily so this is your last story Yep. Let's get it. Okay. This one is a little long. It's called Encounter at Witch Dance. So it says, this will be a bit of a long story, and I will be keeping the details as explicitly accurate as possible. 
I have not shared this incident with many people since it occurred in 2016. I was in college at the time with a friend of mine. We would go on pseudo-adventures and occasionally go on urban explorations with the typical adventure of walking around Walmart. When the typical adventure of walking around Walmart got boring. (laughs) One particular evening, we decided to go to Witch Dance on the Natchez Trace. For those unfamiliar, I'm definitely not saying this right, Natchez? N-A-T-C-H-E-Z? You have a better better view of it than I do. I'm just going to say yes. I support you in all of your decisions and pronunciations. All of my pronunciation endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Native American trade and travel route that transverses from coast through northern Mississippi and Tennessee. I had heard about witch dance before as I was traveling the trace previously, but I never stopped by there before. Given what I had read online, it seemed like a perfect location to explore at night. For those of you interested in witch dance, here's some background information via a website called Legends of America. And then it just explains kind of what it is. So perhaps because the area was already steeped in legend and superstition, witches later began to gather at the place called Witch Dance for nighttime ceremonies. Celebrating and improving their abilities, they would feast and dance throughout the night. Lore has it that where their feet touched the ground during their dances, the grass would wither and die, never to grow again. Who these witches were or from where they came remains a mystery. The Chickasaw and Choctaw Choctaw Indians, I hope I said that right. Yeah, Choctaw. Choctaw. Oh my God, I can't talk today. Indians in the area immediately began to avoid the scorched patches of ground. The War of 1812 and the Creek War that followed, Andrew Jackson often traveled up and down the trace. Though there is no indication that he feared the spots, they were interesting enough that he recorded them in his journal. To illustrate where the encounter happened, I have made a diagram using Google Maps. Supposedly, this location is nearby several burial mounds, but I do not know their exact locations. And then they did post a little kind of area uh, picture. Okay. My friend was driving when we arrived to Witch Dance, which was sometime around 11 p.m., if I recall correctly. We spent about an hour exploring the horse trail parking area using nothing more than the flashlights on our phones. Naturally, uh, we were joking about getting caught by Slenderman and other mythological creatures while we were out there. Nothing felt out of the ordinary at all while we were getting, while we were in the area that I have designated as D1 in the image. And we were getting prepared to leave before we noticed we were getting ready to leave before we noticed that there is more to more to the park area than just the horse trail. We noticed as we were heading to the car that the road dips down under the trees. We decided to explore that area before heading home. This is when things changed. As I stated before, the road dips down under under the trees. But on the other side, uh, but on the other side, the loop rises up the hill. The entire atmosphere changed the minute we passed that dip and made it to the clearing where the loop is located. We began walking up the hill on the right side of the loop, and I remember saying something to the effect of, "This area is feeling a lot more creepy than where we'd been walking around the last hour." Now I distinctly remember my friend who was walking in front of me stopping, then turning to look at me to say, "This is the place." Spooky kooky ooky. Spooky kooky ooky. I can't stop saying spooky kooky ooky ever since I saw that uh, that video. It's so addicting. Okay. It's so we stopped. addicting. It really is. We stopped momentarily because I was feeling uneasy and suggested that we go back and get his car so that we can leave quickly if we need to. I could tell he was feeling the same way, so we walked back and grabbed his car and drove it around the loop, see distance transversed in D2. There is parking available in that area, as well as picnic tables and the in the clearings of the woods. We stopped on the left side of the clearing and walked to the nearest clearing. We I want to preface this by saying that I've always been skeptical that there was such a thing as a sixth sense. We had been walking in the woods for an hour, been to multiple places and locations, and have never felt so much as a single bit of danger. But the moment we stepped into the picnic area, A2 in the drawing, we there, there was this feeling inside of me that I can only describe as some sort of primal instinct, an innate sense that something was really wrong. We had not stepped about 
but about 10 feet into the picnic area with my friend about, about five feet in front of me. Why we decided to, I don't know. We had both communicated that this place made us extremely uneasy and the clearing was horrifying, but almost inviting in the strangest of ways. Okay, I can relate to that when you when when something's kind of spooky, kooky, ooky, but it just makes you want to go in further. Yep, mm-hmm. I agree. I can only describe it as feeling like being subconsciously dared to stick your hand in an alligator's jaws. You know you shouldn't, but you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, a bat whizzed by my head and circled around my friends before flying up into the air and out of sight. At the time, he yelled, oh, my God, dude, and started to run from the clearing. At first, I thought he was startled by the bat. It's what startled me. I followed him back to the clearing, and as I get closer to him, I start getting goosebumps. Visibly, he has goosebumps as well as he holds out his arm to tell me and tells me to feel it. He was reporting that it feels like someone is grabbing his arm with an ice-cold palm. As I get closer to him, I reach out to the air, and it was cold. This was in the middle of summer in Mississippi. There was no wind between the trees, and even if there was, then there is no explanation of why of why there would be a 10-degree temperature dropped in a localized area such as that. Needless to say, we were freaking out. Come to find out, my friend didn't even notice the bat. He had yelled because something grabbed him. Ooh. And something is in quotes here. I love it. Something grabbed him, and it didn't let go as he left the clearing. Whatever was there was not interested in me, but it was latching onto him. Mm. At the time, I had a very distinct feeling that whatever was there wanted to harm us and had the instinct, and I had the instinct that it wanted to follow us. I also immediately recognized that it solely latched onto my friend, not me. In a panic, we jumped into his car and left, driving under the dip in the road and back to where we originally parked. We spent the next 15 minutes freaking out in the car. After all, the atmosphere outside of the loop was normal. We no longer felt like we were in danger where we were sitting, but we were also dumb. <laughs> we were also dumb. Uh-oh, it says, we went back. Upon arriving back 15 minutes later, the moment we stepped out of the car, it hit us both, like before it instantly went to my friend. However, this time we were expecting it. The surprising and malicious part of the entity's behavior uh, was that it was waiting for us the second we stepped out of the car. It's almost like it knew we would come back and came to meet us when we parked somewhere different the second time. However, I told my friend to pray, and we prayed together for a brief moment. We prayed that whatever demonic creature was following us, that God would protect us, and that this creature would not be allowed to follow us. After all, we are protected by the Holy Spirit. Almost instantly, the cold and the goosebumps left us. Like It felt like the entity had left. At that point, so did we. Now, we are both clearly Christian. I have, I have been so almost lifelong, although he was more of a newly found Christian and did not have a firm grasp or understanding of Scripture at the time. Ever since that day, I have wondered if whatever demonic entity we encountered was able to recognize that my friend was more susceptible of, was the more susceptible of the two of us and was trying to find a way to harm him. Every time I think about this experience, it freaks me out beyond belief. Even as I was writing this, I looked behind me in my room and have had to take several breaks to calm down. I would too, honestly, though. It's yeah, okay. There's a lot, yeah. Yeah, I have this really weird desire to go back, even though I know that I never should. I don't know why I keep feeling like I want to. I drove past the sign for a few weeks. Uh, I drove past the sign a few weeks ago for witch dance uh, since the, for the first time since my experience. It gave me chills just to be that nearby, but I still feel the same way. What are your thoughts? And that's what do, it. What are you thinking with that? I think it was a demon. I think that someone had been there, and I don't even know if, I mean, like, the whole thing about, like, the witches dancing on the ground and the ground shrivels up, like, uh, that that could be possible, but, I mean, it also could have been other, like, rascally teenagers conjured something up, left it, and then yeah. a couple days later, these two, you know, people went by and yeah. encountered it. That's just so funny that the person re creating this encounter for us had seen this bat and got startled from that, and at the same time, their friends got startled, but it was for two completely different reasons. What if they saw a vampire? Mind. Right? And, like, what he saw was the bat, part of the vampire, flying away after grabbing? Well, no, because he was still... Listen, I don't know what the fuck they saw, but I think it was a demon. I'll suck in that, for sure. 
What do you guys think? Email us at justgoolythingspodcast at gmail.com. All right. And last but not least, my story is titled, Could This Have Been My Grandparents? So I don't even know where to begin. There have been a few times where I think I may have encountered my grandparents. Me and my grandma and grandpa both were very close. I remember specifically when I was little. In my grandparents' house, there was this family portrait of my grandma, grandpa, and mom, and I asked my grandpa when he had got to heaven, can he make that picture fall off the wall so so I know he got there safely. Fast forward when my grandpa passes away, we are all riding home from the hospital, me and my mom, from seeing my grandma, and I had my grandpa's obituary in in the sun visor thing that holds down the roof, oh, that that folds down from the roof of the car to block the sun. I'm actually not sure what it's called, but we were going home, and I feel it, <laughs> and I feel it in my lap. As I was in the passenger seat, it honestly scared me, and I said, "Ha ha, Papa, you got jokes. Do it again." Thinking nothing of it, what I said, I put it back, and five minutes later, I feel it in my lap once again. It actually scared me more than the first time I put it in the glove box. So fast forward to after my grandma passes, we are cleaning out their house and going through belongings when the back door slams shut. It's not windy outside, nice, sunny, clear day outside. We think nothing of it and go on about our business. A little later, the same family portrait that I mentioned earlier came flying off the wall, reminding reminding me what I told my grandpa. Uh, It really scared me, but I kept my mouth shut because I didn't want my family to think I'm crazy. Fast forward a few months, I'm home alone, my parents went out, and my little brother was at his friend's house for the night, the way my house is, You can hear every little thing everyone does in the house. I hear the deadbolt to my front door unlock and the door opened from in my room. I didn't think nothing of it, just thought my parents came home early. And I continued playing Call of Duty. When I get this strong smell uh, of of Curve Crush, is what it's called, it's a cologne that I always bought for my grandpa. And the only thing he wore except Old Spice. Shortly after that, my grandma wore it which I always bought for her as well. So I'm in my room. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. So she didn't wear... So the grandma didn't wear the cologne. She ends up wearing a... Um, it's called Red Door. It's a perfume that the that she would buy her grandma. So she she was smelling that as well. Okay. Um, this person... There's not one period in this whole thing. So I'm just reading this as one <laughs> run-on sentence. Um So I'm in my room, mad as hell, because someone is spraying perfume and cologne, and the scent was making my allergies act up even worse. But before I can get up out of bed, I hear the door shut and the deadbolt lock. So I get up, look around the house, and no one is here. I look outside, no one is there. I call both my parents and my brother to see if they came home for a second, and they both told me they were still out of town. Could this really be them, or am I putting so much together and making it seem true? But even if it isn't, Sometime to time, I smell red door or curve crush in the air outside, or sometimes even in my room. That's kind of sweet. Yeah, I definitely, I a thousand percent think it's your grandparents. Because what are the odds that you're smelling these scents that are from the cologne and perfume yeah. that you bought them? And it's in your room. You you hear the door opening and closing, locking nonetheless too. Yeah. So, and it doesn't seem to really, I mean, it freaks her out because it's, you know, obviously you're not expecting it to happen, but it doesn't seem like she feels disturbed or like it's an aggressive, malicious spirit. So, um, and they're giving her all the signs that she had requested before, you know, the dropping of the picture, the obituary Mm -hmm. falling out of the visor, um, falling out Mm -hmm. once again after she said that, after she acknowledged it. So... I just think that's a really sweet story and just confirmation that our loved ones, even though they pass, are still here with us. I think it's really sweet. Also, it's definitely, obviously, clearly an intelligent spirit. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think it's like, I can picture like an old, wise ghost, <laughs> you know? And back in my day. Just letting them know that they're still there. Yeah, just letting them know that they'll always be, always be their protector. So, on that note, that concludes our Just Ghouly Things podcast, the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode 19. I hope it's 19, because I've been saying 19 this whole time. Let me double check. <laughs> I'm gonna, it's going to bother me. You'd think that by now I'd figure out what one it is, but I don't. Yep, it's Spooky Story, episode 19. episode 19. Yes. 
So thank you guys so much for listening. Again, um, as soon as, if you guys listen to this every day, um, today is April 6, 2020. That is when the start of this contest is occurring, and it's going to end on the 10th. So definitely get onto our Instagram page. By the time you hear this part of the episode, we'll have already posted the um, details of the contest. Go to at James Allen Ross, J-A-M-E-S-A-L-A-N-R-O-S-S on Instagram. Like his, uh, like his post for the contest, comment, uh, tag a couple friends in there um, for more of a chance to win the set of books as well as some Just Ghoulie Things stickers. So, yes. um, yeah, you want to go through the social media? Let's do it. All right, Instagram. Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Our personal Instagram, at Rebecca Ruber and... At Lily Valdeseri. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Ghoulie Things Podcast group. Totally donate to our Patreon. Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share on the show, just email us at justghoulithingspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, Boo Things, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.